Welcome to Leadership is in Session, powered by Athena Communications. This special series features some of Milwaukee's most distinguished leaders. They'll share how they overcame challenges, developed their skills, and achieved success, so you can gain insight and inspiration. And now, Leadership is in Session. Welcome, everybody. Today, we are in the studio with our friend, Corey Jo Biddle, to talk about fueling good in Milwaukee. Corey Jo, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. We are so glad that you are here today to join us for the Athena Communications Masterclass. And you, Corey Jo, are the Vice President of Community Affairs for the Metropolitan Milwaukee Chamber of Commerce, or MMAC, and also Executive Director of Fuel Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about both of these organizations and your unique roles with them. So MMAC is the largest regional chamber here in Wisconsin, and our focus at MMAC is all about economic development, making Milwaukee and the Milwaukee region a more attractive place for folks to start businesses, expand their businesses, and for talent to grow and start their careers. So within the MMAC, there's lots of different divisions and departments related to that economic development goal. Fuel Milwaukee is one of those divisions. So the focus of Fuel is all about talent attraction and retention. We started off, our name was originally Young Professionals of Milwaukee, and we rebranded to Fuel, but the mission was very much the same, really focused on community engagement and what makes somebody want to live in a place. Not just the job, but all of the lifestyle elements, the friends, the connections, the amenities, the culture and history. We really focus on pulling talent into the stories about Milwaukee that make us a distinct place in the world. And we do that through a lot of fun events and networking and professional development. So everything I do all day is all related to economic development. But my side of it is a lot more fun than some other people's. Well, I do know of you that you do like to have fun and you are known for your energy and your passion and your charisma. How have your personal story and journey influenced you professionally? Well, I'm from Milwaukee. I'm a Milwaukee native. I was born in San Francisco, but I've been here since I was six weeks old. So Mm. I don't know anything but Milwaukee. I went away for a little bit in college. And I remember my first couple of days on campus Those first few days of campus, the parents are there helping people unpack and buying comforters at the Walmart and all that. (laughs) So we were going through that process. And folks were meeting me. I would introduce myself. Hi, my name is Corey or Corey Joe. And people would say, oh, well, where are you from? They always assumed I was from the South, I think, because I have two names. Two names. And other people think that we have a country accent. I know know Milwaukeeans never think we do. But if you go to other places, people will hear us a little bit country. So I learned that when I was in college. People, you got a little bit of accent. Well, where are you from? The South. And I'm like, no, no, I'm from Milwaukee. And I would say about 80% of the time, the person would like take a beat and look at me and then say, there's black people in Milwaukee. (laughs) So I don't care what their background is, what their race was, gender. They kept asking me the same question. Well, I'm 18 and I hadn't been anywhere else. So after a while, it kept happening. And I'm asking, well, why do people think there's no black people in Milwaukee? And their response would be Laverne and Shirley in the 70s show. Mm -hmm. And that was their. And then during that time, I think 
that no no Laverne and Shirley Happy Days and then the 70s show they all kind of had the same problem which was the lack of diversity on the cast and I started to learn that people's ideas and perceptions about places are heavily influenced by things other than experience people that hadn't ever been to Milwaukee had no clue what it was like and my experience was like yeah Milwaukee it's a very mixed culturally diverse environment my experience with Milwaukee was very different than what other people's perceptions were. That was something that was a seed hmm. for my career that I didn't even know was bubbling at the time. And then I realized that I just kind of grew up thinking, oh, when I graduate from college, I'm going to leave and go to another city. It was a foregone conclusion. I never thought about it. I just assumed that that's what I had to do. And then it, it was challenged when I got an internship in Milwaukee. I got my first job in Milwaukee. And maybe two or three years into my work experience, I found out about Fuel Milwaukee and MMAC and all of these events that they were doing. And I started to get involved. And it really made me challenge what my perceptions about my city mm. were and the limited access that I had to the fullness of Milwaukee as a result of me holding myself back from certain parts growing up in a segregated place, having this idea that there are certain places that people like me go, certain places like people like me don't go, and feel challenged that for me. And then once I started to really experience all of Milwaukee and really to start started falling in love with it, all of my life experience kind of like poured itself into this job and this work and my perception of the work. And I didn't have to do a lot of separation between, you know, my, my story is the kind of Milwaukee story that Fuel and MMAC organizations like that exist to support and strengthen and expand. So that's I am 100 percent pouring everything about my life into my job all day. Well, I know that to be true. And I know that one of the critically important initiatives that you are spearheading is the making Milwaukee a region of choice work. And that is for the MMAC. Yes. What is the region of choice? Why is it important? So the region of choice is an MMAC initiative that is really focused on employers a collective of employers right now, we have 135 companies that have signed wow. a pledge to say that they're going to increase the representation of black and brown talent in their management ranks by 25 percent over a five year period and in their employee at large ranks by 15 percent over that same time period. So these companies sign the pledge and they submit data to mm -hmm. us. To say, you know, we ask them, what's the demographics? Like, who's in leadership? Who are your managers? And break it down by race. Like, let's really look at it. And the onus to change and make adjustments and to establish or enhance DEI policy is 100% on the company. Hmm. MMAC's role is to put the pledge out there and encourage companies to sign up. We report, we collect and report the numbers in aggregate so we don't point out any one company's progress. We kind of do it as a collective of companies and we convene the companies. And when we convene them, we have a room full of HR professionals, diversity, equity, and inclusion professionals. Some folks are, you know, young professionals or they work with the employee resource groups or their new hires or whatever it might be. But it's a collective of diverse and different kinds of talent that are passionate about Milwaukee and making it an equitable experience, equitably enjoyable experience for everyone who lives here. And all of the companies have basically, you know, pretty much recognized that it's not the same experience for black and brown people. They don't have the same 
opportunities at the same rate of change. And we're starting to challenge and fix that, address it, make it better through through this initiative. So you mentioned the word enjoyable. Mm -hmm. What are you hearing from people as they're gathering to have these conversations? How are things going? Overall, things are going great. And I will tell you, when we, let's see, this I'd say 2018 was when we first started to float the idea of this region of choice program, what it was going to entail, what the goals would be. There were a lot of people in Milwaukee who were skeptical about this. They thought companies aren't going to sign up or if they do sign up, it'll just be kind of a check the box exercise, which I think, I mean, is based on people's experience in the past and status quo the commitment to status quo and just kind of saying we're going to change and then you never see change. So there was a frustration and skepticism there. When we surveyed the employees of the companies that have signed and asked them, do you see your company making changes and progress towards a more inclusive workplace environment? 80% of them said yes. Wow. That they saw actual changes, that they felt like this was a real, this was a real shift, you know, and we launched this before, You know, we were in quarantine before the killing of George Floyd, but 100 percent that experience, I think, bolstered what we were doing. And thank God we had already launched it and we were on the right path and moving in the right direction because everyone's eyes were open to the things that the early adopters of the program already knew. And then, you know, we started off with 60 companies and now we're at 135. That's incredible. Truly incredible. And so, you know, so much of this work is really around talent, right? Economic development, ensuring that Milwaukee is seen as a really attractive place. But what does Milwaukee lose out on if we fall behind in that talent attraction work? Well, I think it's, I think it's the experience that I had growing up here and thinking I went to, I lived in a great community, went to some great schools. And in my mind, you go to college and you just never come back. That was because the access that I had to Milwaukee or the picture that I had of Milwaukee didn't include me. I didn't see myself here. I couldn't picture myself as Corey Joe, the young professional living in Milwaukee, doing it big and mm-hmm. climbing the ladder and, you know, wearing my pointy toe shoes. I had a vision of what my life and career would look like, and I just didn't see myself here. Well, a lot of times, and I, I've learned through the beginning, my beginning stages at Fuel, yeah, I was going to events and they were awesome. Were they diverse? They absolutely were not. We were having a great time, mm-hmm. and I was in a room with 200 young professionals, and we were all linked and peers and getting along. And I realized it's not a lot of people in here that look like me. So all of this energy and excitement and connection and inspiration and investment going into a lot of our talent isn't going into people equitably. And that affects folks experience or that affects people's belief that the career and the life that they want is available to them if they don't see investment earlier on in that pathway we got in high school people have to start to believe that they can Mm -hmm. have a career here in milwaukee so the onus is on the companies to continue to increase representation i don't have any doubt that my kids are going to go into management roles and leadership because they see me they see Mm -hmm. their father you know i'm very fortunate to have amazing connections and an employer where my kids can actually come to work with me and see Mm -hmm. the things that i'm doing I'm exposing them very early on and I'm 100% confident that they don't see anything other than what I'm doing or better. That was not the case for me. And for 
a lot of children in our community, it's just not the case because they're not seeing enough of it. Their parents aren't having enough of the opportunities. They're not looking around and seeing people in their environments with these higher level opportunities that a lot of people are qualified for. They may be qualified differently or the pathway that they get that they take to experience and expertise may be different than that of other folks. And the region of choice is starting to open the aperture, right? So now employers and recruiters are starting to look at people's talent and skills in a different way and valuing the fact that diverse perspectives mean money and success for the bottom line, period. Just the fact that someone has a different perspective and can help you avoid certain pitfalls and look at the market in a different way, produce and launch products in a different way, that is an asset that comes with diversity. And that is a real business reason to look at DEI. So you are now in these spaces, as you've alluded to, you're maybe in your pointy toe, Corey Biddle shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and you're part of these conversations. You are in these spaces where people are really having important conversations. Mm-hmm. What are people talking about? What are people finding that is inspirational as these groups are convening and talking about the future of Milwaukee? You know what? I think the possibility of change and the power of seeing things differently, you know? So I think. Change is hard in any kind of environment. People are somewhat resistant to it. But the region of choice in this initiative, it has the kind of power and that push and the momentum that people are starting to see change. So Northwestern Mutual, the executives over there always talk about when they when they sign the pledge and that, you know, they were already working on their DEI and they have a very sophisticated and robust program over there. But they really kind of looked at it to say, well, who's the least promoted Hmm. in our organizations? And they identified what those demographics were. One of them were the black men in the organization. And they discovered, okay, the rate of promotion for black men in particular is especially low. Well, how do you address that? They just started to dig into it. Well, how are people being promoted? What do the hiring managers look like? What are the trends and practices of the hiring managers? And then they started to ask the black men that, that, that worked for the company, do you want to advance? Where do you want to go? What do you feel the barriers are? And one of the big barriers that folks said was, I don't feel like I have access to the decision makers. I don't have relationships with the people who can put me in on in the pipeline for the kinds of opportunities that I want. And how do you fix that? Well, they created these cohorts where people who wanted to be a part of the program, the talent that want to be in it, would be signed up to have relationships with higher level managers and decision makers. And there I asked them, you know, I'm like, tell me all about it. What yes. are they doing? What are they talking about? And it runs the gambit. Sometimes they're talking about work. Sometimes they're just chilling and just getting to know each other. But what we do know about leadership and about relationship and advancement is that those two go hand in hand. Typically, when people are being promoted, there's a hiring manager that sees something in a person. And we have that sameness bias, right? So for me, I'm going to be watching every black woman that I see that has some talent. And if they have a talent I recognize as similar to mine, I'm going to be hyper-focused on that person and their advancement because it's human nature. Yes. It's just what it is. It's not, I'm, no one's a bad person for doing it, but that's why represent, representation matters. 
Because if everyone looks the same, they keep hyper focusing on talent that looks the same. And then you don't build connections, you know, so some of this more senior white male talent didn't feel any kind of connection to these black men working in the company that may want to advance because they're not spending time together and they're not talking to each other and they're not building the kind of relationships that evolve into conversations that reveal hopes, dreams, aspirations. And that's what makes the promotion happen because sometimes they can put them on the path, a development path, and sometimes they don't need it. It's like, oh, you're ready right now. Here, mm-hmm. just let me call. Make, let me make a call. So people get excited about these stories because Northwestern Mutual is like, look, this is working. And it's a very simple program. You know, I could describe it in three minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a relatively simple concept, but the power of relationship and understanding, listen, we live in an environment where people are raised with segregation as a norm. It's nobody's fault today, but it just is what it is. And so it's going to affect the way that we move socially and professionally. We got to disrupt that because what it is creating is more segregation in advancement and segregation in economic wealth and the sharing of that wealth. And that kind of segregation just is not okay. So that's what this effort is all about. Why are we segregated? Why are we doing the things that we're doing? The psychology of it, not blaming anybody, not saying this is intentional because, you know, when I was in my 20s, I probably would have thought this is intentional. Mm. Not 43-year-old Corey today, I, a bunch of this stuff is just not intentional. It's just the way that we are used to moving. It's what we're comfortable doing. And this effort is making people aware that it's detrimental, it's, it's hurtful, it's holding people back, and is creating a legacy for Milwaukee that we won't be proud of if we don't fix it. So you mentioned that the NM initiative. There are so many organizations in Milwaukee who don't have access to that level of sophistication, right? That NM can gather through data, through leaders who are willing to steward this through. What advice do you give to people who just maybe are trying to do this on their own, or maybe they have a small group of vested individuals? How do they do that? Yeah. You know, my first thought was, You know, the concept of your top five. So the top five people you spend the most time with, you end up (laughs) being very much like them. Mm -hmm. They help shape and influence and direct you. There's a lot of small companies, one or two or three, four person companies that sign a regional choice pledge. So for a lot of them, they're not signing the pledge because they were expecting that we're going to hire Tons of people. No, they signed the pledge so that they could be in the room with the people who are making change and listening to the conversations around that kind of change. If there's a small consultancy that only has a couple of people and they're really not going to hire anybody else, maybe they're going to work with consultants. Maybe they're going to make purchases. Maybe they're going to hire caterers or they're going to work with event planners. Well, if we're not thinking about DEI from that lens, the Region of Choice program helps you to start thinking about it from that lens. Who are you using for your contractors? Who are you using to help you pull off your programs? Who's printing your brochures? Mm -hmm. Who's your marketing? Mm -hmm. You know, if now folks are starting to think, oh, wow, I really can incorporate DEI into my work in a different way, especially if they have a more diverse customer base that they don't have any personal experience with. If you're going to hire consultants, you really need to be looking at broadening your own network and then that kind of work circle so you can be influenced by different people. So it's all the way from purchases, consultant relationships on up to hiring. If you're not 
listening to the conversation and having access to the data. Maybe you can't slice your data in a very sophisticated way, but you can look at NM's very simple program that just makes sense based on how humans interact with each other and problems with those interactions, how to disrupt them. That's a formula anybody could use. I think it's such a good reminder, too, for all of us that you may feel like you're one person or you're part of a small organization, but everyone can do something, right? Everyone can do something. That's 100%. Even just the little things that you do. I think about the steps in my career where someone's encouragement or just a suggestion of, Corey, you should look at this, or Corey, you might be good at this. It's something that I would have never thought about for myself, if not for the encouragement of people that saw. That, to me, is making a difference. So uplifting and pushing and pulling each other along for good and for mm-hmm. that, whatever it whatever in whatever way that looks for folks I think they got they got to start doing it and start think, just remembering that if you're in a place of privilege and you've always had a great life and you've never had any real financial hardships or you know I, you always knew you were going to go go to college and you always knew you were going to have a corporate job and you know I've always had PTO some for some people that just ne- they're just they just never question that it would be any other way I was a person who Sometimes I didn't have fare to get on the bus to go to school. Mm -hmm. I'm like digging in the couches to find change to go to school. Literally that poor, (laughs) poor. Mm -hmm. There's kids that have never seen the lakefront. Mm -hmm. Uh, No fault of their own. I had a great mother. She was very loving. She worked constantly. We was just poor. And there were certain things that I just would never have had access to. If I didn't go to the schools that I went to, if I didn't have the encouragement that I had, my life would have been completely different than it is now because I didn't have access if I didn't have access or information to the things that I did. And when you live in a siloed way, you don't realize that that's the case for other people. You don't understand that Milwaukee has two very different sides and it's very different experience for people, sadly, based on the color of their skin. That's just how it washes in our country, that economics and skin color They go together. And that's just the truth about it. And if you're not, if you've been fortunate enough not to have that challenge, efforts and programs like this, books, reading, learning, talking to people kind of opens your mind up to the fact that your experience isn't everyone's experience. And some people are in situations not of no fault of their own. And a lot of us have power to change that for people. You change it for one person and you'll change it for generations to come. What gives you hope, Corey Joe? Change, seeing change, steady, consistent change, optimism in people's eyes, people that listen with an empathetic ear and heart in an environment that could be very cold. I'm seeing hope and change in environments that would have been or that I would have thought would be cold and unwelcoming and exclusive. And it's changing right before my eyes. I'm not having that experience anymore. And there are many, many more people saying that they aren't having that experience either. And that gives me a lot of hope for the future of Milwaukee and our business community. I'm really excited. I really am. I'm very, very optimistic. Well, we heard it here first from our friend Corey Joe Biddle of the MMAC and Fuel Milwaukee talking to us about fueling good in this city. Corey Joe, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was great. Thanks for listening to Leadership is in Session, powered by Athena Communications. Be sure to catch all eight enlightening episodes. 
And don't forget to connect to On the Edge of Equity with Tammy Belton Davis. Available wherever you get your podcasts.